Hello and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Andrew Clyden and I'm joined as always by Miles Danhausen. How's it going, Miles? It's going all right, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. It is our first uh, weekend recording session. This is <laughs> unprecedented territory that we've jumped into. Yeah, it's totally different than our normal. This is a remote recording day two, uh, hoping to continue to keep people updated through the weekend on stuff that's going on. Uh, did you do anything special yesterday on your Friday? It was our first day of nice weather so far during this whole thing. Did some uh, virtual happy hours with uh, friends and family. So uh, saw some faces and at least heard some different voices than... Uh, as much as I like talking to you all the time, Andrew and Dave, uh, it was nice to talk to other voices. <laughs> I, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. So why don't we jump into it? Uh, we'll start kind of with the numbers. Uh, what are the latest numbers in Wisconsin as of this morning? Uh, Wisconsin, the, the numbers that came out this afternoon announced uh, the number of cases has risen to 281 in Wisconsin. Still just four deaths, thankfully. And still no cases in Door or Kewanee County and just three in Brown County. So we haven't seen that rapid rise that some places have seen and hopefully it stays that way right statewide though that is a pretty big jump that's the most that's the the most cases that ha, uh, in a single day for a jump we that's about 75 more than yesterday but um there's also been about there's been several thousand negative tests so um hopefully some of this shelter in place lockdown order is, is stopping some of the spread but that remains to be seen we're still we're still doubling every couple of days. So, right. Miles, do you know if Door County Medical Center is testing people? They are. As of a couple of days ago, they were, we just haven't tested that many, um, probably like 30. And for those who listened to the podcast yesterday with Dr. Jim Heiss, one of the things is unless you have pretty severe symptoms, you're they're not going to bother testing you if you have pretty mild symptoms because your the advice would just be to stay at home and take care of yourself. You're, you're not going to get admitted into the hospital unless you have pretty um, severe respiratory problems, even if you do test positive. Right. So, Miles, you went around to some of the local businesses around here this week. What are some of the things that local businesses have been doing in the face of all of this? Yeah, yesterday afternoon, I just wanted to get a get a look at what, what people are doing to adapt, uh, keeping my distance as, as best as possible from everybody. It's kind of, it's... It's weird going to see people that you've known your entire life and and doing this awkward six to ten foot dance around them. So I, I stopped by Main Street Market yesterday just to see what it was like as they're trying to do pickup only orders. And I talked to Steve Northrup there and I used to coach with Steve for many years as a high school basketball coach and sit next to him talking basketball on the bus all the time. And now we're sitting here at a 10 foot distance trying to have a casual conversation. But um, he was out bringing grocery bags of groceries and putting them in people's cars for them so they wouldn't have to have any interaction and or at least any touching. So what they're doing is taking orders by email or phone and then people come and pick them up it later in the afternoon. He said he's getting a lot of people show up who don't know that they're they're open only for pickup only. And in fact, a, a woman did that while I was there yesterday. So they are taking orders on the spot and then shopping for them if, if people do show up. That's what I had heard. Uh, Victoria told me that she saw people pulling into the parking lot, rolling their windows down and raising their hands for people to come out <laughs> and take their orders, which is a really bizarre thing to think about. But 
Uh, I've heard that it's happened. Yeah, it's like an old A&W root beer stand. You know, that's a right. great adapting. And what Steve said, he's, he did say, is, uh, it's a lot harder to do it this way than the old way, And obviously. Said yesterday they were talking about, I think they've done at least 150 orders yesterday alone that way. Pretty remarkable. And then uh, I went up to this just today, uh, just bouncing around, went to Newport State Park. There were a number of people out walking the beach up by the Hoach Trail. Then went down to Kick-Ass Coffee. We called ahead, ordered some coffee and what they were doing. They are putting it in a little cart out in front of the store. And they just put your name on it and you pay over the phone. And it's just waiting there for you when you swing by. So that's a, another business just innovating to make it work. Stop by Tapuat Kombucha, who a couple days ago put out the call to say they're going to give away a bunch of kombucha. And I stopped and saw Nick and Mary Devily there today. We grabbed a, a box and I asked them if they, if they were doing that just because this stuff was going to expire and go bad. And they said, no, we just wanted to do something and, and give something away and give people a somewhere to come out and do something and see people, but just do something nice for people in a stressful time, which is incredibly generous of them and just really cool to see so many people in our community doing stuff like that. Most businesses are communicating how they've been adapting over social media. Uh, I know that we've been trying to corral as many of those posts as we can on the Pulse. Do you know of, of any other attempts to try to get as much of these together in one place as possible? Well, I do know that the uh, individual business and community associations have been doing a great job of sending the word out to their members and trying to inform their community of, hey, who's open, who has decided to close, who is doing what hours and and how they're operating things, which is really great to see. This is the time for people to step up and, and be even bigger leaders than they they normally would be. Um, yeah, it's, it's been pretty great to see that all around the board. Um, we're trying to update stuff, like you said, at, at our website, doorcountypulse.com. And it is, it's hard to do, but Grace Johnson, Alyssa Emke, Celeste have been doing a great job trying to handle the massive influx of information that's coming every single day with different hours and, and different plans that people have. And I, I do know we had an article in the paper this week we neglected uh, about what grocery stores are doing, tried to contact as many as we could, um, didn't hear back from all of them, but I, I we did neglect to include greens and grains in that uh, article. And Kathy Navis and the folks there have been actually way ahead of this, um, doing some takeout and pickup orders early on and communicating with their customers very early in this flow about like how they were going to adapt. So just a shout out to them. And yeah, it's, it's been it's been great to see. Uh, Brett Kazemeyer also put together a video kind of introing the Door County Emergency Support Coalition. Uh, that the the Fire Chiefs Association has put together. That is live and on DoorCountyPulse.com. It's also on our YouTube page. Uh, so that that's a great way to put some faces to the, the coalition that's been going on. There's some really good information in that. Uh, you know, Miles, we've been talking a lot about how things are going in Door County on like the peninsula, but do you have any idea how this is affecting Washington Island or what people up on Washington Island are doing about this? Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a great question. I, I've talked to Joel Gunlickson, who is their county board rep, and um, right now is a um, stay-at-home homeschooler dad <laughs> um, plowing through his honey-do list. And he said that, 
he's not he usually works at the ferry captain but right now he's he's not doing that so he doesn't know like the on the ground situation there but he does know there was some scuttlebutt uh, by people saying, hey, maybe we should shut down the ferry. Maybe we should stop bringing people over. And that idea was rejected by the town. Um, but they are doing, just like everyone else in Door County, is urging people not to come up in droves right now because they don't, you know, as much as Door County doesn't have a lot of the services available this time of year, the island especially doesn't. He estimates that there maybe is 400 to 450 people that live there year round. And he said, I, from seeing them every day on the ferry, he'd say that population it, average age is over 70. Obviously not a big hospital up there. Not a lot of facilities to, to take care of the things that people who are suffering from this virus are suffering from. So, or this, the, what those people would need. He said, there's none of the restaurants are open. None of the hotels are open. He closed his hotel. So if you're thinking of getting away to the island, there's not a lot <laughs> up there to support you when you are there. And even the grocery store has been the way Joel said, he goes, I thought we'd be smarter about it up here, but man, people clear cleaned out man's foods right away. Um, huh. so kind of the same things we saw here. Yeah. It's interesting that you might think that escaping to Washington Island would be a good way to ride this out. I, I feel like it's the same ideology that people have when they think about getting up to door County, that's going to be a safe place to kind of ride out your quarantine. Uh, but the, the fact of the matter is, when things go south, it's what resources do you have for, for treatment? And we, we just don't have a powerful enough system up here to support a huge influx of people. The, the other part of this too, though, is that the county is maintaining that we're low risk up here and people are seeing that as a, a reason to be like, hey, they're low risk there. Let's go up there. We've, we've talked about this before. Uh, kind of encouraging people. The county has encouraged people to stay where they are, to not travel to Door County. But there, there's kind of two sides to this, isn't there? Absolutely. You know, of course, people are going to want to come up here. People want to come up here when in good times. And I think it's a compliment to our community that people want to come up here in, in bad times as well. And in some of the, the most stressful, most difficult times they've ever faced, they want to come to Door County. Um, I've always said that people, a lot of the customers I used to have when I was bartending, I, it took me a while to realize it, but the bars and restaurants up here, these visitors see that as their local bar and their corner bar where they know the rest, waitresses and the owners and the bartenders more so than back home in their own suburbs or in their own city. And that brings them comfort. And of course, they want to come up here and spend their, their time here if they can. So I have seen a little bit of vitriol out there on social media about what stop coming up here you're bringing your problems here don't bring the virus here i, I do get that too like uh, there's there's an urge to close the county down and definitely discourage people from coming up here and exhausting the resources but you also have to remember that most of the resources we have are of the quality they are because of those people from the outside who who have second homes that they pay a lot of taxes on, who donate to our charities, who fund a lot of these projects. So it's not as easy as saying, well, this is our stuff and you, sh you shouldn't get it. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, a, it's kind of a more complicated issue than I think we were kind of giving it credit for when we first talked about it. Uh, that being said, the official word is still, you know, if you're, if you're not in the county, please don't come to the county right now. Uh, if you do come to the county, Try to stock up on stuff before you get here. And once you're up here, maybe think about volunteering. You can you can get connected with volunteer organizations through DoorCountyPulse.com right now. That would be a great way to spend your time up here. 
and, uh, if you're if you're not sick. And and right now, if if when people are not living up here and they're they're looking at it from the outside and they're hearing from our public health department and it says that we're low risk and we don't have any cases. To say that we're low risk is kind of a misnomer because if it gets here, we're at tremendous risk for the worst case scenario. So when people are from the outside, they're probably assuming that like, okay, there's just no chance of it being there. So that would be the safest place to go as opposed to where I live in the suburbs or in Milwaukee where they have 150 cases or Chicago where they're, the numbers just skyrocketed again today. And in Chicago where they're calling in retired medical professionals to come back and, and support the the people working in the hospitals now. But that's not, it's not necessarily true. If you get one case here, that could be incredibly detrimental. Um, right. And the scariest thing about this whole process is that there are tons of people who get the virus and don't uh, show any symptoms of it and pass it on to others. So even if you're like, hey, I haven't felt sick. I've been social distancing for five days now. I don't feel sick. You could still very much be carrying the virus and could pass it on to other people uh, if you haven't been isolated for that 14-day period. Right, absolutely. Miles, is there anything else uh, that we should chat about uh, before we wrap up here? I think we covered everything that uh, was new since yesterday. It's been quiet. I know the roads are quiet. The streets are quiet. It's an eerie time in Door County. Even for somebody who has seen a lot of really quiet winters, this is a this is a quiet time. Hopefully, hopefully we just don't see those cases pop up here. Right. Uh, I want to end the podcast today just kind of sharing some like one mental health tip each. Uh, this is my first time working from home. I'm sure it's a lot of other people's first time working from home. Or uh, if you're if you're not working from home, if you're just isolated, uh, if you know you were let go from your job for whatever reason. Uh, what are what are some tips? Let's go one tip each for what you're doing to kind of stay physically and mentally fit. Uh, I'll go first. My big thing is maintaining my morning routine. So every morning I get up, I get dressed and I make some coffee. And just doing that has kind of allowed me to keep some semblance of of that routine going. And it makes me feel a lot better to not just hang out in my pajamas all day. I get to get <laughs> up, put some clothes on, make some coffee and feel like things are still moving forward. Uh, how about you? What's what's something that you're doing in your day to day to keep on top of this? Well, I've got five brothers and sisters and been doing a lot of FaceTiming with them and, and my nieces and nephews and my brother over in Europe. And then just kind of like these group traps, chats that we've been having, kind of virtual happy hours has been a lot of fun and, and reconnecting with people that nowadays we get so used to just texting everybody all the time. And we think of that as communication, like, yeah, yeah, I talk to them all the time and you're just texting. So it's it's been kind of fun to just actually get on the phone, hear people's voices. My aunt down in Madison started an email thread of just asking all the different family members what they're doing right now and keep each other updated because people need that outlet. And and, and getting out and hiking, getting outside uh, is, is really helping. And reaching out to people you normally don't reach out to. That's something I've been trying to do at least uh, at least once a day if I have time. People need to hear some voices right now. Right. Well, Miles, that's going to do it for us this morning. Uh, if there is more to talk about later on in the day, I'm sure we will send out another update. Uh, but thank you, as always, for chatting with me, and I look forward to chatting with you again soon. All right. Talk soon, Andrew. Thank you. All right. I'm joined today by uh, an old friend of mine, Ryan Hill, who came from Door County originally, 
moved away, is back now for about the last two years and uh, has kind of some unique experiences the last couple of days that I just uh, thought I'd talk to him about here and give people a picture of life out and about in Door County. Um, Ryan, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, my pleasure, man. Glad to be here. Ryan is going to make me sound really bad at this because Ryan is one of the most uh, articulate, um, <laughs> best enunciated people you will hear on this podcast. I don't know about so. that. Wait, is that why you've got me calling in on the phone now instead of uh, you know doing this in the studio? So you can, uh... <laughs> yeah, I wanted to make you sound a little more fuzzy. Um, okay, perfect. Yeah, mission accomplished. So you just uh, came from Sister Bay Liberty Grove Fire Department. Why don't you tell our listeners kind of why you were there and, and what, what you got going on there? Yeah, for sure. Well, honestly, it starts with you guys at the Pulse. I happened to see that, um, you know, they were looking for community volunteers, and um, I took the opportunity to sign up. Um, so I gave them my information and took about a day, and they got back in touch with me. And um, then um, yeah, I talked with Matt on the phone this morning and uh, set up a time to come in this afternoon. They gave us a little bit of an orientation, and then um, we got some, you know, badges, just letting everybody know that we're community volunteers. And they're honestly doing a fantastic job just, uh, you know, trying to deal with um, something that's not yet a crisis, but they, they fully expect we'll become one at some point. Um, they're just trying to, you know, dole out resources. Um, they'll have some of us, like I'll be shopping at Piggly Wiggly. Um, others will be delivering food to uh, community members in need. And, um, yeah, they're, they're doing just an excellent job. And this is part of the Door County Emergency Support Coalition that uh, Chris Hecht and the Door County Fire Chiefs got going just uh just yep. on the fly this week yeah it's, i mean it's going to be a difference maker also up here i mean it's uh i, I mean i've got to be honest even amongst uh it was just a couple of us volunteers over there today being oriented and, but they've had 200 signups so far which is fantastic so i hope they uh they still have more on the way but um you know we're an older community it was even obvious amongst volunteers i'm, I'm 40 years old and i was the, the second youngest one in the room so <laughs> um that just tells you that there are a lot of people that are going to need help in the community um if things do continue to spiral the other thing I want to talk to you about, Ryan, and first of all, thanks for volunteering and putting putting your hat in the ring. Yeah, my pleasure, man. But your job, you you travel the county every single day as a, a beer or a wine and, and spirits representative. Uh, mm -hmm. So you are in and out of a lot of different places. But obviously, the restaurant shutdown this week drastically changed your job. Tell me what the impact oh, yeah. and what your routine is like and, and what you're seeing out in the business community. Yeah, I mean, well, just just an absolute game changer, right? I mean, I I sell wine and spirits, and I, I sell to pretty much everybody up here. So, um, you know, my my retail accounts, so my grocery stores, my wine shops, um, you know, they're they're still in business. And um, you know, my my quick anecdotal take on it is that you know, business is up um, in these places because they've been so limited. Uh, all of the restaurants, you know, suddenly shutting off uh, and closing their doors has limited people's options. So. Um, the grocery stores are, um, you know, are, are up and moving. You know, I, I know that I'm a part of the supply chain. You know, uh, I'm not supplying everyone with those, you know, uh, with with bread and with milk and those daily necessities. <laughs> but, you know, I still, um, I, I still see, you know, where these stores are at. They're all working so hard to try to keep up, and um, a lot of confused restaurant owners out there, you know, doing their best to reinvent themselves on the fly, come up with options to um, still support the community, you know, uh, picking up, uh, having people kind of pick up their orders, delivering orders, whatever they can um, to still, you know, play their parts up here. But just a whole bunch of people that don't really know where it's going from here and um, how long until they can, you know, have their, their doors open or their lights on again. You mentioned you're doing a lot with the grocery stores and you <laughs> go both uh, Northern Door County, Southern Door County, Sturgeon Bay, all over the place. 
Are you are you yeah. seeing a difference in how different communities are reacting, or are you seeing it pretty much the same across the board? You know, I mean, I think I see a difference. Uh, and again, I mean, it's I mean, these are just my observations, and it could be a function of there are just more people, you know, uh, together down in Sturgeon Bay and at these stores. But you know, I I visited Walmart and Target and um, Econo Foods the other day, and I could just tell that in these spaces there are, are there are a lot more people, and I still to a degree, see a little bit of like business as usual out there. You know, people, you know, we're all friends up here, you know, so people stopping in the aisles and chatting each other up. And I don't know, I've read so much about what's happening already and what's coming our direction that like the, the, the bells are going off in my head. I'm like, come on, people, space, <laughs> give us some space here. Um, <laughs> so the social uh, again, distancing, not quite universal. Social distancing, not quite universal yet. Like everybody needs to get on the same page. I'm like, literally taking just the, the long way around the, you know, the produce section to, to avoid people the best I can, because I'm afraid of course that, you know, as a part of the supply chain and as someone who needs to still be out of the community, um, you know, still on a weekly basis to keep things up and running that, you know, to a degree I'm putting myself out in, you know, in harm's way and that, uh, you know, I could become a vector or a carrier of this and the last thing that I want. So I've tried to take every precaution and I'd like to see everybody else out there doing the same. Um, again, I think there are just so many more people, packed into these stores down in Sturgeon Bay. Um, I'd like to see the message out there just a little bit more. So uh, thank you for, I guess, having me on and, uh, and sharing the word every day, man. You know, thank, thank you for, for coming on. Um, you also mentioned like some some stuff about the supply chain. And yesterday when we chatted, you mentioned just how little of a backlog we have of some of these products with like Coca-Cola and, and their company doing like bottled water and how they're almost flush out. Maybe Oh yeah. what else have, are you seeing just in, in your line of work? Yeah, I mean, well, and, and so to that, to, to put a point on that, uh, a receiver down in Sturgeon Bay told me that like Coca-Cola, who has the sunny water, and this was not to sound any sort of a panic, you know, um, they're, they're just like flush out of sunny right now. They, they had time to ship. Um, I think it's an easy product for them to manufacture. I think it's essentially, you know, purified tap water. But um, <laughs> I think it just feeds into that thought that, you know, there was there was a run on these grocery stores uh, and, and they're still catching up. And then I guess to speak to the supply chain, I mean, it's it's fragile to a degree, you know. It really is. You know, I uh, my company we're based out of Madison. Um, we're we're a small company, and I know there are a lot of other small companies just like ours that are servicing stores here in Door County in Wisconsin, you know, and, and around the country. And you know, we're we're all grateful that we're still healthy and we're still able to do our jobs at this point. But I, I just am I'm aware of how fragile the system is. You know that one driver goes down, and all of a sudden, I think things start to probably go into you know into lockdown for some smaller distributors. You know, as they take health precautions. So um, precautions. You know, that's the the word of the day. Everybody needs to take them at this point uh, because we just don't know really what's coming still. Although, unfortunately, every day we've got a, a better and better picture of it. You know, another thing about the supply chain that was news not not necessarily like it's news to me, but I, I'd never thought of it before is so these truck drivers you start shutting down the restaurants and you start going well we just need the essential services and these truck drivers are saying like i need a restaurant to eat at if i'm going to deliver all your food i need gas stations to stop at i can't swing my 18 wheeler through a mcdonald's drive-through um so they've actually had to petition to keep some of these truck stops open so they can keep delivering goods and there's so many things that we don't realize how intertwined we are and you don't realize how dependent we've become on places so far away where I, I do a lot of reading of even local history. And if you go back even into the 60s, 
maybe even in the 70s, but 60s and 50s, you definitely hear a lot more of what people were getting for their home and for food and for um, just their day to day. They were a lot more of that was being purchased and made and produced here in the county. And now we don't have that network anymore from a from food to car salesmen to um, just bartering with each other. You see a lot more of that in, when you read those histories from like the 40s, 50s, 60s. Yeah, and it, and it takes a while. I mean, so when there is a disruption as well, it can take a while for things to catch up. I mean, again, when we, we've seen the run of the stores now, um, you know, it takes a while to, you know, to, to get that toilet paper. Um, those paper products back into stock um, were just, were not designed for, you know, that amount of purchasing in a short period of time. You know, I think that like, there are Amazon analytics that say, you know, when people buy and how much they buy. And as soon as you upset that system, um, things go a little bit, um, you know, a little bit off kilter. From my perspective, again, bringing it back home, you know, I mean, we, we sell wine from around you know, the country and around the world. Um, part of our supply chain is actually, you know, um, contacting, um, you know, wineries and suppliers that have product put on the ships. Um, you know, it crosses an ocean to us uh, and then it's trucked all the way to Wisconsin here. And I mean, this is a big interruption. You know, we, we would typically have, uh, you know, an unimpacted chain, just a nice smooth flow of product coming in when we need it. Um, at this point, you know, the brakes are, the brakes are on. And this actually started back when, um, when all of those wine tariffs uh, were put into place as well. Totally different topic, but um, <laughs> that really slowed the entire system down. And they just literally stopped putting product onto boats. They were like, well, we have to wait and see. We don't know if this 100% tariff is going to go into effect. All of that seems sort of at this point, but... Um, but the point still holds that uh, that it takes a while to catch up again, and products that would be you know on their way to us right now are just not being loaded onto boats elsewhere. So, um, and I'm certain that you can uh, you know sort of draw the corollary um, if you're just to you know bring it back here to domestic goods as well. Um, you know, when factories stop functioning at full capacity, product is just not being loaded onto trucks, and it just takes time to get it all back up and running. So, a uh, pretty precarious system, but a great <laughs> system. I think that we're. Uh, I think that if we can get it back up and running and, uh, you know, that, that we'll load these stores up again quickly, but uh, it's a lot of wait and see right now. Um, and then finally, you have two young kids at home. Um, yeah. What is this like for you and your wife working from home, having the kids there, trying to, to balance everything? What are you guys doing to stay sane and uh, and <laughs> take care of each other? <laughs> well, it's, it's a balance at this point, you know. My wife always works from home, uh, so she's she's no stranger to this. Um, for me, you know, it's just just a little bit of office work is typically done from home, and mostly I am you know out and about uh, in the community. So um, my hours just got slashed essentially when this happened. Um, you know, I went from uh, working full time and in full on like preparation mode for a busy Door County summer. Um, meeting with a whole bunch of people and getting ready to, uh, you know, to change out wine lists and, uh, and all of that. And all of a sudden it's just 100% on hold, you know, and, um, essentially just trying to keep grocery store and wine shop shelves full at this point. And, um, you know, so I've got certainly extra time to be at home with the kids because they are now at home full time. You know, the, we, we had previously had them in daycare. Um, we decided that um, that it was going to be, you know, safest to have them here at home with us uh, because it was a balance that my wife and I could strike. Um, <laughs> I was um, I was out this week uh, because I had to be uh, doing a little bit of shopping, and I grabbed like every art supply I could think of for <laughs> my two-year-old daughter because put some watercolors in front of that girl, and she will just sit there mesmerized for you know a beautiful hour. <laughs> so it's it's just all about like you know trying to create uh, yeah just 
helpful little distractions like that for her to sort of keep her uh, to keep her occupied. And then, yeah, man, like we look forward to nap time and bedtime. <laughs> we we love our babies to death, but um, it's a lot to balance work and uh, and to balance full time childcare all at the same time. Um, and again, just not knowing how long do we have to keep this up. And and you probably haven't even had the brain space really to, to think about, well, okay, what happens when, when we do get rolling again, hopefully, you know, best case scenario, sometime it's two weeks and we, we say, okay, this really wasn't as bad as we thought, but it doesn't look that way. But, um, maybe everything opens up again in, in May. Um, you're basically saying goodbye to your summer probably. And everybody in your line of work, uh, we have several friends who do this. I'm guessing it's yeah. going to be a mad rush to try and figure out what you normally would be doing in February, March and April is going to be crammed into about one week as the restaurants are trying to reopen in I know. May. I think my heart is starting to pound, by the way, as you're talking about this. <laughs> because I'm aware of like how much work you could certainly be. I mean, what a great problem to have, though, right? If um, if we should happen to see, you know, uh, just less of an impact uh, from this virus than, than we think, you know, we, we might happen to see. And if come May and heading toward June, we're like, wow, you know what? We're going to welcome guests up here to North County again. We're going to welcome a lot of them. You're right. It's going to be every restaurant all at the same time, throwing open the doors and all of us, uh, all of us poor wine guys trying to, to run and keep up. It is going to, this is going to be the year without a summer for me, regardless of how the summer <laughs> turns out. Well, spend your time with your kids now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's no shortage of it. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely doing the best we can and, um, just trying to hunker down, be safe social distance and, and prepare for, um, you know, for what comes. Um, but certainly without hoarding and without talking up too much, you know, everybody's got to have their, um, their products there when they need them. So it's just all about being smart at this point. All right, Ryan, thanks for joining us on the podcast this week. Hope, hope you guys are taking care of yourselves and um, hopefully we can hang out again soon. I look forward to it, man. And thank you for uh, doing such a great job with this podcast. Also, this is uh, necessary information and we were spreading it every single day. So thanks for having me and uh, thanks for doing what you're doing. All right. Thanks a lot.